Lockdown paused many activities that have helped Barney Thompson come to terms with his dementia. My name's Gareth Bracken, and I've been speaking to a man who's looking forward to easier times. As the coronavirus pandemic continues, our Alzheimer's Society podcast will again be hearing from a person with dementia about the challenges they've been facing during this most unsettling of times, as well as their wider experiences of living with the condition. This time I spoke to Barney Thompson, who lives in Northern Ireland with his wife, Catherine. I chatted to both of them over the video call on three occasions in recent months to find out how their situation was developing, beginning with our first conversation in late May. Are you okay if we just um, have a chat, if I fire a few questions at you about, about your life yep. and times, really? Is that all right? Life and times. Get still bother at all. Barney Thompson lives in Toombridge in Northern Ireland, where he moved with his wife Catherine in 2002. But he was born in Preston in Lancashire and spent much of his working life with the traffic police in Liverpool. I love the adrenaline rush. I don't know if you... I've ever had a proper, really good adrenaline rush. Because once you had it once, you want it again. It's like a drug. It really is. After swapping England for Northern Ireland, Barney became a big fan of Ulster rugby, attending as many of the club's games as he can, while he and Catherine also enjoy holidays abroad. Well, well we love travelling. Yeah, me and the wife. Mm. The wife should say the wife, you know, me and Catherine. Mm. Um... Our favourite place is Barbados, hmm. and uh, we like to do turtle rescue, hmm. which is finding where, where we normally stay or where we do stay is about 10 yards from the beach, and it's a beach where uh, sea turtles lay their eggs. Hmm. Uh, and there is a a 999 service for people to call the turtle line to gather the small ones in mm. uh, so they're not eaten by uh, crows or go onto the road which is just by these by the beach and get one over so we gather them in buckets and i have got somewhere uh some a little 10 second burst of a bucket full of turtles swabbling but that's quite nice yeah so it stops them getting run over uh and they get taken away to a safe beach so because they come back to the beach that they remember so they will not come back to the beach where we are but they will go to a safe beach Mm. Uh, so hopefully we can keep them uh keep them alive where where we stay in the road, so like we stayed in a, 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 an apartment. Mm. Then there's a bit of a road, a bit of a footpath, and beach, and mm. that's how close we are. Mm. But on the the pathway, there used to be a big crack in the footpath. And when well, what was he called? David Attenborough. David Attenborough went to film there at the turtles hatching. We knew exactly where he was because we saw the crack in the footpath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Directly where we are. In March 2017, Barney was diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment, also known as MCI, where someone has minor problems with mental abilities such as memory and thinking. 
This was later amended to dementia of Lewy bodies, a condition which can cause problems with attention, alertness and movement, difficulty judging distances, disturbed sleep and hallucinations. What were the earlier early signs or symptoms that there might be something wrong that was worthy of, invest of investigation? I don't know. Um, I, you can ask you Cass to, um, be, because it's come through me as I don't know when I was doing things wrong. Mm. But Cass saw the difference. Um, we... Barney was um, 61 and um, he he came home from work early one day and he said that he'd been, um, they'd sent him home early from work and he'd been getting lost because that he'd been getting lost yes. going to and from work and that was, um, but to Sorry. be honest that was a relief because we um then I, I can look back now and probably say over the past 10 years there's been odd things you know that have happened nothing that you could actually put your finger on and say that, that that's definitive but we knew there was some something was 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 a bit odd i just started a, a new job um and you were decidedly off and I thought, oh, he's just got the hump because I'm going into Belfast every day. And, and then he came home and he was home early and said that he'd been getting lost going to and from work. And it all sort of just snowballed from there. Um, and a lot of things then made sense. So, mm. And I couldn't remember uh, a particular... Just like on the keyboard, you can do Control-Alt-Delete. Mm. It was a thing, something exactly like that, but it brought up uh, a particular screen. Mm. And I couldn't remember the shortcut to that screen, to the fact that I needed destroyed a computer mm. with frustration. And, but was it initially an, an MCI diagnosis, a mild cognitive impairment? Oh, yes. Yeah. And doesn't, is there... Doesn't everyone get that? Is there a story there that you want to... No, no, no. It's just... Why not tell them the truth? Because they know what it is. Um, but dementia is a hard word to say. We, we had a, a... We got a new consultant and um, who, who's brilliant and he said that he definitely felt that um, Barney would fall into the category of people who it was beneficial to know rather than sort of skirting around the issue that mm. he, he needed to, to hear the yeah. words. Mm. On that note, when you were initially diagnosed and you were told, yes, this is dementia with Lewy bodies, do you recall your reaction at that time to finding out? It was an answer. It was, uh, some, it was a tag I could hang me me up on a nail in the wall. That's what I've got. I haven't got mild cognitive impairments. I have got something that's po not, yeah, positive. Mm. I know now what it is. I can look it up if I need to. I haven't bothered. But I know what's happening to my brain. But they, 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 they tiptoe around it. Um, 
in such a way, I, I, I do wish they would come out straight away with a diagnosis. I'd, I would have felt better. So is, is it mainly memory then that you find is affected? Or are there, are, are there other aspects? I don't know. What do you think? And Memory's bad. Yeah, I think spatial awareness. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Distances and, and things is, is, is not good. Hmm. Um, See, I wouldn't answer that because I'd just say, well, everything's great. You know, I can do this, do that. But. Um, sleep's not great. No. Um, um, Barney is um, will always describe himself as having more front than Blackpool and is very good at deflecting and yeah. making the joke of things so sometimes it's quite difficult to actually yeah, never believe what I say get to the bottom of what, what's, what's really going on mm. um, I mean I did that for a living because in the police I was 5 foot 8 I wasn't the biggest man in the world so I had to talk my way around incidents or problems and I was brilliant at it mm. and yeah I could lie for Great Britain first team. So Barney, when you say that you would answer that things are great is that is that um, an example of your deflection or is that because you, you're or is that because you're, you're not aware? Of no, total deflection mm. yeah and I'm very good at deflecting <laughs> yeah you're good although at the same time you will admit it <laughs> uh, to certain people yeah. Um, yeah I'd rather not admit it but if I have to I will yeah we just have to make adjustments we tend to binge watch TV because yeah you can't watching something on a weekly basis doesn't work because you don't no. remember the thread so You've been to watch TV. Um, we, you've, the girls bought you short stories for your Kindle because mm. you lose the thread of a, a book. Yes, I used to love reading. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just finding a different way of doing things. And unfortunately, I. Uh, Last week, my cognitive, I don't know how you put it, took a dive mm. and uh, I decided that I possibly wasn't safe behind the wheel of a car, so I now handed in my driving license and I'm down to taxis and... Booming lifts from anyone who's going my way, really. Mm. Which is an issue because we're five miles from the nearest pint of milk. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we have one one bus a day going to the nearest town, which is Banamina, mm. and there's one bus that comes back. So that's the only transport we have. Do you think that's a permanent decision to give up the driving, or do you think it might you might change your mind? Not permanent. Permanent. I, I would be, 
Having seen what I've seen during my working life, I do not want to be responsible for causing damage or injury to anybody. Mm. And it it's an awful decision. I feel like I've had my legs chopped off, but uh, if something did happen, I would never forgive myself. Barney has diabetes and is shielding as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, limiting himself to a daily walk with Catherine and their cocker spaniel, Charlie. The well-being of his daughters also plays on his mind. Well, in terms then of this lockdown situation, do you think that has been one of the factors? You're saying that you've, you've perhaps had a bit of a cognitive decline and therefore given up driving. Do you link that to the lockdown situation at all? Um, I don't know. Could well be. You found it very stressful, and particularly with um, Amy. Um, yeah. With the early graduation, um, and obviously she's in England, and she's not able to come home. Um, and I mean that that was beginning to kick in even before we went into lockdown that she mm. whilst she desperately wanted to come home to see us um, she said for, for our safety that she, she wouldn't and we, we, we've also lost friends to mm. the, the the COVID um, mm. and I think it, it, it's it, it's been very real to us so yeah yeah you've, you found it extremely stressful which yes I, I do think that that's paid played the part that's mm. not helped you at all. Yeah, Amy's a doctor at, where's she at now? Bedford. Bedford. Mm. Uh, my eldest daughter, Sophie, is a stage manager. Mm. Um, so, the, she, they're all self-employed. Mm. So, she has been uh, unable to work since it started because all theatres have shut down um, so they're finding it a struggle with money uh, it's, it's, it's just uh, it's just horrible at the moment isn't it it really is so to recap Barney Thompson who is 66 and has dementia of Lewy bodies moved to Northern Ireland from England with his wife Catherine in 2002 Barney faces challenges with his memory, spatial awareness and sleep, although admits that he will deflect or make jokes to avoid fully acknowledging the effects of his dementia. Barney recently made the difficult decision to give up driving after feeling that he was no longer safe behind the wheel of a car. Barney has diabetes and is shielding during the coronavirus lockdown, while the well-being of his two daughters has also been playing on his mind. One positive has been Barney's continued contact with Alzheimer's Society volunteer Hugh Black by video call. We meet twice a week mm. and play bowls with some other uh, elderly people. Mm. I play indoor bowls and in summer we would have been going out and playing on a proper bit of grass. But at the moment that's not, uh, not possible. What do you like about that in particular? Company. Mm. Uh, yeah, we go there. Well, we used to meet at 
uh, a coffee shop. Mm. I'd have a cup of coffee and then go to the bowls area in the local leisure centre. It's just by the, the swimming pool. Mm. Uh, and we'd sit and talk for an hour about all sorts of rubbish. Then go and play bowls for a couple of hours. And that, and that was it. Yeah. It was good. And he, I know he does other things. Uh, I don't know how he fits in the time, but still, yeah. he does his grandman. You can have a FaceTime yeah. chat with him twice a week now. Yeah. Sit and have a cup of coffee together. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very good for me. Very good to me. But, but we're missing all the other Alzheimer's things. And, and you know, there's the support groups and you get cups of coffee and other bits and pieces that are going on. Of course, all that, all that stopped at the moment. Alzheimer's are great. And yeah, we, Barnum particularly, was in a very dark place when we first stumbled across you. And without the, your help and support, I really don't know where we've been now. Yeah, I'd go along with that, because I was, I was struggling. And in terms of the support that you have, both at the moment and over the last couple of years, is it CAF that's the main source of support day to day? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, she only started working from home at the start of the coronavirus, and she's not in the room at the moment. I am concerned for when she does, if she does have to go back to work in an office. Because I don't know how I get on rattling around on my own. At least with uh, her being about, I can always go and talk to her. But yeah, if, if she has to go back to work in the office, I'd be alone all day, every day. And that's... That's now getting to be a bit scary. But, as you say, other people have done it, so can I. As well as receiving support from Alzheimer's Society, Barney also volunteers for us by speaking at meetings, workshops and conferences about his experiences, often arranged through Society staff member James Erskine. I like public speaking. Um... I loved giving evidence in court. I thought that was brilliant fun. Yeah. Um, I probably should have been a politician because uh, I can speak about uh, a piece of string for an hour. And he just winds me up, off we go. And that's it. I don't speak for... Uh, until the shepherd's crook comes round my neck to drag me off the stage, I can keep going. <laughs> uh, what might you speak about in particular? Rubbish talk, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I never have a, a list of notes to read and just go blank. Mm. Stand and speak about what I'm feeling at the time. Mm. Uh, and I just do it that way. Mm. Um, but yeah I enjoy doing that or did enjoy it uh, there's not a lot of that at the moment and are you usually hoping to 
improve people's awareness of dementia or understanding or do you have other aims perhaps when you're doing these talks? I think, I suppose in a way I'd like them to get something out of it that they didn't know but I think it's more for my own sake so that I can accept what I've got if you understand that if I'm speaking to a group of people I'm not talking I'm able to talk to them the way I'd like to talk to myself in a mirror if you understand that I can't think of any other way of describing it but I can get into I can get what I'm thinking out there to anybody mm. and to, for me to hear I know it sounds rubbish this doesn't it I don't yeah. know how to describe it but uh, it's catharsic catharsic yeah 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 that's the word isn't it yeah it's a bit like that yeah it, yeah every time I, every time I tell somebody I've got dementia it gets easier uh, if you will, and it, it's, I don't hide it, I've never have hidden it, but if people can see me and they see someone who's got dementia, who can stand up and talk to people, uh, a great number of people on some occasions, and they get something out of it, then I've done a job and I'm happy to do that and when I speak to people I try to uh, I give them a bit more self-esteem. I think um, you, you've had really positive feedback from people, um, so from carers and from other people who've had recent diagnosis or just starting on the, the dementia journey. But I do remember somebody weeks or months later uh, at another meeting uh, actually came over and shook my hand and said thank you for what I'd said uh, that had helped him. And it sticks out in my mind that mm -hmm. because I, I didn't think I'd had any effect on anybody. But uh, he proved me wrong, I suppose. What do you think about people's general levels of dementia awareness just out and about in the community, the average person? Do you think that awareness, how, how would you rate it, their understanding of the condition and what it entails? It's very poor. Um, you do things... I, I've got... Uh, a key to disable toilets, the big long brass thing. Mm. Uh, and I use disabled toilets because my bladder control is not what it used to be. So when I want to go to the loo, I desperately need to go to the loo. And the number of times I get sneered at for going into a, a disabled toilet when 
I am not disabled because I don't look disabled and I don't wear a badge on my head saying I am disabled. Um, and the hidden disabilities, people with hidden disabilities, actually we do get a really rough time with things like that. That, uh, yeah, you don't look disabled. You can walk, you can talk, you can see. You know, you're not disabled. What, what are you doing using these facilities? Yeah, get a lot of that. Barney has worked to raise awareness of dementia, including helping to make shops and airports more dementia-friendly. His efforts were recognised at last year's Dementia Friendly Awards, where he was named Trailblazer of the Year. I'm surprised that I got that because I don't think I do anything. <laughs> so, um, as you can hear now, I can do that when there's no one in the room. I can chatter away to be quite well. Yeah. But uh, I was a bit stunned when I got that. Uh, it's very nice though. When I next spoke to Barney and Catherine about a month later in late June, Barney was still shielding, but had received the encouraging news that Catherine was probably going to stay working from home until the new year. I then asked Barney how he'd been adjusting to giving up driving. I'm just about accepting it now. Mm. But initially I was quite... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, love? Angsty. Angsty, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had a, I, I had been driving since I was 16. Mm. Uh, I had a clean licence all the way through. Mm. Uh, and I was a traffic policeman, of course. Um, mm. And now I can't. I, no. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not the fact that I can't drive. It's the fact that it's not available. Mm. You can understand it that way. I don't yeah. need to go anywhere, but it's just odd. I, I think the situation's been a bit artificial at the moment because we're not really going anywhere. But I actually think that once things get back to normal, that you might actually find it's a relief. Yeah. Because it had been very, you've been finding it very stressful. And also thinking back to last time, you mentioned um, not seeing your your daughters and having some concerns about them. Have you? Have you? Uh, is that situation still the same? Has anything changed there? <laughs> yeah, it's got worse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's working on a uh, a coldest, What's it? Covid. Covid ward. Right. In, in where is she now? Bedford. In Bedford. Hmm. So she's right at the pointy end, if you will. Mm. And then we had a, a, a socially distant chat with eldest daughter on the drive in the rain on Sunday for Father's Day. I think it's just generally at the moment, it, it's so, everything's still so up in the air and mm. I think it's difficult to, we don't know what's happening. No, no. Um, we, we spoke to the youngest daughter at the weekend and Barney was very much, you know, sort of just get on a plane and come home. And she can't do that at the moment. 
no and and that's it, it's it's unsettling on on that score I spoke with Barney for the third and final time in early September when he told me about a difficult experience he'd had back out in the community. Uh, I went into a bank, which was absolutely awful. Uh, I had to wear a mask and I wear glasses. I had to start writing things down and the glasses were steaming up and the people were all around me and I didn't like the experience at all. Um, but other than that, I don't think I've been out at all apart from walking my my dog. So it has been those 4pm walks with Charlie that have been... <laughs> That's it, yeah. So what was it about the bank experience that wasn't so pleasant? Was it mostly the mask? It was the mask and the fact that it, we had to queue to get in because they wouldn't allow more than a, a set number in. And the people behind me weren't wearing face masks. And when I got in, I had to start trying to read small numbers on my uh, card and write them in boxes. And actually, I don't know if you wear glasses when you're wearing a mask. It got to the point where they, that was steaming up faster than I could write the, the letters down, if you will. And it was just a, a, a horrible venture, which I will not do again. Also on the family side of things, I think last time we spoke of your two daughters, the one who is more local, you had seen once or twice socially distanced outside of the house, but the daughter in, yeah, England, yeah. The daughter in England, you hadn't seen at all. Have you been seeing either of them at all recently? Yeah, she came over. Yes. She, yes. yes. She came over for a few days, uh, which was delightful. Yeah, it was nice to see her. Um, she only came on the Friday and then went back on the Monday or Tuesday. She's back into Bedford Hospital now. No, oh, hang on. Barnet Hospital now. Okay. What was it like that seeing her for the first time in a long time? How was that? Uh, it was excellent. It was really good. A, very, a, a good boost for me. Yeah. Fantastic. And so if you are seeing your family a bit more, but obviously you also say you're still not really going out. So does life for you, or how far away from normal does life feel right now? Um, long, long way. Um, how can I put it? I think before lockdown, I gave up driving. Uh, no, during lockdown, I'm sorry, I, I've stopped driving. Um, which makes me dependent on people now, which I've never been before. I've been to Port Stewart once with a dog when Kath was off. Uh, and the rest of the time, I've just been walking the dog. So I've met nobody, uh, spoken to nobody. Uh, and I do feel very isolated. 
in times in in times before the virus, before the coronavirus, before the lockdown, obviously yeah. Catherine was Catherine was at work. Obviously, how how are yeah. you feeling, how are you feeling your time then? How are you kind of keeping loneliness at bay during more normal times? Right. Well, at that time, I still was still held a driving license. Mm. Um, and I could go, so I could go to places, and I could meet people I knew. Uh, and if I wanted to, I could just get in the car, put the dog in the back, go somewhere, have a run and come back. That all that stopped. Um, I cancelled my driving license, and that's just cut me off for everything. Even if I went to do the amount of work I did with uh, Alzheimer's, it would be a struggle because it'd have to be taxis each way, which are expensive. You don't have the... I don't now have the freedom just to go and do something. I have to plan it, organise it, and I'm not good at that. I mean, I do fully appreciate that it has not been a... A pleasant five or six months for you so I'm even more grateful than usual for you taking the time to speak thank you because I'm sure it's not great fun having to retail retail some of this but I do appreciate it it's it's my pleasure it is I, I've, the Alzheimer's has done an awful lot for me um, and if I can do what little bit I do if that's a help that's tremendous uh, yeah, thank and, you. If it, and if it helps anybody else well, that's perfect, isn't it? Next steps. Coronavirus has halted so many activities that help people cope with their dementia. You can help support people at this difficult time by making a donation today. Visit alzheimers.org.uk forward slash give or call 0330-333-0804. That's alzheimers.org.uk forward slash give or call 0330-333-0804. For coronavirus advice and support for people affected by dementia, visit alzheimers.org.uk slash coronavirus. Use our dementia directory to find services near you. See alzheimers.org.uk forward slash dementia connect. This was a podcast version of the article called Put on Hold in the August-September 2020 issue of Dementia Together, Alzheimer's Society's magazine. Written and recorded by Gareth Bracken, produced by Chris Hosker. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe for more Alzheimer's Society podcasts. As well as print copies, we also offer an audio version of the full magazine. To receive the print magazine or the CD, call 0330 333 0804.